What were you doing back in March? At the conference board, we were gearing up to release our spring Canadian outlook. Then, COVID-19 hit, and everyone quickly realized that our economic forecast was about to become obsolete. So what needed to change? Everything. From their home offices and kitchen tables, our economists quickly recast a new outlook for our country that considered a far deeper economic impact. The shock to Canada's economy was sharp, deep, and unprecedented. I'm Kira Johnston, and this is the Leadership Perspective series from the Conference Board of Canada. Each episode, we sit down with an expert, or experts, to hear their perspectives on an issue that's affecting the lives of Canadians. With me today are Alicia McDonald and Todd Crawford, our Associate Directors of Economic Forecasting at the Conference Board. And we're going to talk about forecasting during a crisis. A warm welcome to our two guests today, Alicia McDonald and Todd Crawford. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Kira. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Kira. Now, Todd, back in March, what were some of the earliest signs that you would need to recast your outlook? One of the earliest triggers at the time was probably the total shutdown of the Italian economy. COVID-19 hadn't really reached North America in a significant way yet, but it was starting to become clear that the pandemic was really going to be global in nature and that governments around the world were ill-prepared to contain its spread. The speed and severity of the lockdowns made it clear that we were going to be in for a drop in economic activity in Asia and Europe, which really was unprecedented, and it was only a matter of time before its spread reached North America. And maybe even an earlier trigger than that was the initial fall in equity markets. From the start of the calendar year through about early March, about $23 trillion of value had been wiped out. Major firms around the world, which depend on global trade and finance, like banks or transportation firms, like FedEx or airlines, they effectively stopped providing earnings guidance, which is their way of saying that this is so bad, we can't really provide you any information. So it just became clear in a very short period that this is going to be a contraction unlike any other we've seen in the past. And we needed a reset in our outlook and in our approach. Alicia, when you look at the data, it looks quite scary. Every chart seems to have this steep drop. I'm wondering, can you talk to us about if it's really as bad as it looks? Unfortunately, this is really what you see is what we're getting type of situation. There is no sugarcoating the fact that Canada is experiencing its worst decline in economic activity since the Great Depression in the 1930s and that the impacts are really being felt right across our economy. We keep hearing the word unprecedented everywhere, and that's because the declines we are seeing really are like nothing we have in our modern statistics. And with no point of historical comparison, it really is a challenging time to be producing economic forecasts. When we look at the labor market, for example, the biggest decline we had seen in the past was job losses of around 125,000 during the peak of the financial crisis. In March, a million Canadians lost their jobs, and then in April, employment fell by another 2 million. Essentially, in the last two months, we have wiped out all of the new jobs created in the past 15 years. Another place we are seeing historical drops is in business and consumer sentiment. The Conference Board has been conducting confidence surveys for decades, and the speed and depth of the decline in confidence is again like nothing we have ever seen before. In March and April, our index of consumer confidence fell by 73 points. During the financial crisis, it took 13 months to see a similar decline. On the business confidence front, we saw our index drop by half in just one quarter last month. 
These confidence indicators are so important as the economic recovery really hinges on when households will feel good about spending more and when businesses feel stable enough to hire workers and up their investment spending. I'm curious, can you talk to us about the biggest disruptor to your forecast when COVID-19 hit? Yeah, the short answer to that is that everything was a disruptor during this period. The pace and severity of the contraction and economic activity was very difficult to get a handle on. But really, it was made worse by the uncoordinated action country to country, but even here in Canada, province to province, in the approach to battling the virus's spread. Really, the rules of the game changed essentially every single day. And there was also massive changes on a daily and sometimes hourly basis about the type of support which provincial and the federal government in Canada were stepping up to provide. This was always a critical piece of information that was missing when trying to put the forecast together. It was always clear that the governments would step in with support, but the amounts and the transmission mechanisms that they would use took a long time to become clear, really, in fact, continue to shift even to this day. It's exciting to see some of the Canadian stores start to reopen. Alicia, which businesses do you expect to recover more quickly and which ones will take more time? We know that social distancing will be with us for some time. So one of the immediate factors that firms will face is how much demand they'll actually be able to accommodate in a given day. We've seen with grocery stores that sales have increased despite social distancing measures restricting how many people can be inside a store at once. But that is unlikely to be replicated in all stores. Restaurants, for example, will not have the ability to seat as many people as before, and that will curtail their ability to operate over the near term. The other consideration is how much demand will there be for their products and services. Given the job losses we've seen and the hit to consumer confidence, it is likely going to take spending on discretionary goods and services a little while longer to recover. That means major purchases, like a new vehicle, will be slow to recover, and spending on services such as travel will also lag the recovery in other sectors of the economy. On the other hand, some industries are expected to rebound quickly as restrictions are eased. I don't know anyone who isn't missing their hairdresser by now, and salons and barbershops are expected to do quite well as they open up. And while people are still expected to be cautious in their social interactions, there seems to be a lot of pent-up demand for people to be more social and we will see spending pick up on things like restaurants and bars as they reopen. Moving forward, how does this experience change the way your team does economic forecasting in the future? I think if anything, I think it really taught us that it makes sense to move actually more slowly when the economy is falling apart. Rushing out to simply be the first organization with a forecast isn't necessarily the best approach just to be out there with a voice spreading fear necessarily. I think it makes more sense to move a bit more slowly, collect as much information as you can, and to put together a forecast that is consistent and makes sense in light of all the information that's available. I think maybe longer-term consequences that teaches all forecasters to consider more carefully the psychological aspects related to forecasting the economy. As Alicia said earlier, we have seen some very big drops in consumer and business confidence, and even though they've come back, they're still really only roughly consistent with what we saw during the financial crisis. And it will take some time to get a handle on just what the future looks like in terms of how quickly people are going to be comfortable returning out to their historical spending patterns. Alicia, what projects does your team have on the go or coming up in the future? Well, when the pandemic hit, we were really facing a situation where we were getting new information on an almost daily basis. As a result, we were really focused on trying to figure out what the big macroeconomic picture looked like. So what did the pandemic mean for things like GDP, employment, and other key economic indicators? 
After we got a good handle on what COVID would mean for the national economy, we turned to looking at it through a regional lens so we could figure out what the outlook means for our provinces and some of our largest cities. We are very fortunate to have a talented team of economic forecasters here at the Conference Board of Canada. And as we move into the summer months, we are going to spend some time looking at how the pandemic will shape the outlook for different industries with a special focus on the outlook for our hard hit tourism industries. So stay tuned for those insights. Fantastic. Well, we're looking forward to it. I'd like to say thank you so much for joining me and taking the time to chat today. Thanks, Kira. Yeah, it's been our pleasure. To all of our listeners, if you'd like to learn more, take a look at the Canadian Economics Team's latest reports at conferenceboard.ca. You can access all of our COVID-19 coverage by following the links in the episode description. You've been listening to the Leadership Perspective Series by the Conference Board of Canada, hosted by Kira Johnston and written by Sarah Mells. This series is produced by Jen Duhamel, Nancy Nguyen is our audio engineer, and our executive producer is Michael Bassett. Ideas were also contributed by Rob Collins and Aaron Brophy. For more podcasts, videos, commentary, and ideas, visit conferenceboard.ca.